Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Kick the tires and light the fires, Big Daddy. The matchups, the superstars, the games. Starting defense, place at the table. Wow! This is Football Sunday on The Fan, a comprehensive look at today's National Football League action with your hosts, Mike Lynch and Rashad Taylor. You all know what you have to do. Remember, no one, and I mean no one, comes into our house and pushes us around. This is Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Hi, everybody. Welcome in. Happy Sunday morning. It is football Sunday here with you on the fan. Mike Rashad and Joe with you till 11 o'clock. Happy 9 a.m. Happy 9 a.m. Right. Yeah, not 8 a.m. this week. I'm going to say it now and I'll say it again at the end of the show. We are off again next week. Seahawks have (sighs) a have a 10 a.m. game. Come on, man. Like, I know I'm not supposed to be mad about that. You should be happy. We have a weekend. off. I mean, I mean, yeah, we have a weekend off. But man, I. Call me crazy, but I kind of like doing the show. Oh, like, no, is that course. weird? Like, I, I, every once in a while, it's nice to have the random show off. But when it happens like four times in a season, you're like, okay. Yeah. We're supposed to be doing a football show here, and we can't do it because we've got the Seahawks I mean, on. we can always do an, uh, a 6 a.m. show. A six, a, a 6 to 8 show. <laughs> I mean, I won't be uh, doing it. I that's mean, a hard pass for me, sir. Yeah, I, I'm I won't doing be doing a 6 it. to 8 a.m. show on it. Sunday. I'll be here. Yeah, go for it, Go Joe. for it, Joe. Gardner, Gardner Minshew is going to be, uh, I'll be sleeping. producing the show for us. That's a big hell no for me. <laughs> <laughs> Only thing that will get me up that early is golf at this point. Uh, we are on 9 to 11 today, and we have our Fantasy Scramble today at 9.30. We're bringing in Jesse Osmond again to help us out. So if you have any starts or questions, text the fan text line 503 250-1080, and we'll get to them at 9.30. We actually have a really good week in NFL football today um, in terms of just games that are on the schedule. Monday night football, and, and we could talk about this because it's going to be tomorrow, Chiefs-Ravens yeah, on Monday night. One. Monday night games usually suck. So that's going to be a good Why one. Why is that, though? Like, I mean, I remember at a point, Monday night games used to crack. Like, those were... Some of the coolest games of the week was the, you know, and obviously it's prime time. I'm not entirely ABC, sure. Like, I'm trying to figure out what happened to Monday. Because you're right. Like, the slate of Monday night games is is usually pretty bad. It's, you know, it's, it's like, oh, Bears-Browns. Like, who wants to watch Bears-Browns on Sunday? Uh, those are two storied franchises oh. in the NFL. Oh. Okay. Except the Browns, maybe, but... You know how storied they are? You have to start the story with Once Upon a Time. That's how storied those men, yeah, because that's the last time they were You know how the, the Browns are? Their team ran away and went to Baltimore and then took years to come <laughs> yeah, back to be a team again. Right? The Bears are a storied franchise, yes. Yes, they are, but that was this, that story was in the 1980s. I think the most technical answer to your question is that first choice for the week goes to NBC for Sunday Night Football. For some reason, 
Sunday Night Football has become the premier spot, right? Then I think option two goes to the late game networks like Fox and CBS. So I think that 130 game, which is usually pretty solid. Sounds so backwards, though. Like this week, Cowboys Seahawks, right? That's probably so probably pick number one was Packers Saints because that's Sunday Night Football. If if this is if this is right, I'm low key pissed about that Seahawks Cowboys game because if it weren't for COVID, I would probably be up there watching that game, mm. watching my first NFL game ever in yeah. Seattle. So yeah, the Pats were here, and so about obviously, and I didn't get that. a chance to do that either. So that was pretty disappointing. I was really looking forward to going to that game. Um, so I think that is also so it, at least last year and the years before it was going Sunday Night goes one. That Fox or CBS 430 game or 130 game goes second. And then Monday night goes, maybe. And then Thursday night, because you get to, like, pick. Obviously, that's not the case now because uh, Chiefs-Ravens is on Monday Night Football. So they got a great matchup, thankfully. But I think that's why Monday night kind of went away for a while, because they were down in the pecking order of picking games. And that doesn't set... And And you have to set the schedule before the year, so sometimes you get unlucky. But Monday night football, is the that's the one that's, you know, obviously, well, with the exception of the, the afternoon games... That's, quote unquote, been the most popular, the most historic. Like, I mean, Sunday night football didn't start until like the 80s. Right. So, I mean, that was that's when that kind of, you know, up and started. But Monday night football has been going when it started. since the beginning of forever. So why wouldn't Monday night football be the one that gets to mind? You're talking prime time on a weekday for football. Like, why wouldn't they get the best game of the week? Sunday night football started in 2006. Boom. Okay. Not the go. 80s. Not, not the 80s. So 2006. So yet and still, uh, that that makes the argument better. Why would they get the first dibs at? Oh, at the best oh no, no. Game? You're right. You're right. ESPN had Sunday Night Football from 87 to 2005. Okay. NBC had it from 2006 on. Okay. okay. Yeah. So 87 is when Sunday Night Football started. Okay. So whew, I was about to say, man, that was. Well, super I, had, off. I had no idea, but. Makes there, sense. There you go. Thank you, Google. I think that's why, though. I mean, that's why the Monday night games have been bad. I also think, too, that there's there might be a strategy behind it. Of It's the only football game on that day, so you're going to watch it most likely. So you don't really need to put the best teams on. <laughs> you can pick two random teams and people will watch that game. And Monday night football gets great ratings all the time. Yeah, so, but I mean, but again, if they're bad teams, like luckily, you know, the the Dolphins put the smackdown on Jacksonville. Uh, why is that luckily? Bad. Well, I mean, I guess Gardner Minshew got fan. destroyed. Yeah, I guess for I guess for Dolphins fans, I guess you know. <laughs> but you know, I'm, I'm I wasn't curious, happy about I'm that. Rashad. How many people watch that game? You know, I, I watched it. Said, you well, you watch games, Lynch. You watch soccer. Like you're gonna watch that game. Like Gardner, have to do with that. Gardner. How did it feel to go in there and lose that lose that game? I didn't watch that game either. Because I keep calling him Gardner Minshew because he has the kind of the he almost has the mustache. Nah, Minshew, Minshew's got a better one. Yeah, it's, com- it's coming one. in. No, but yours is coming in relatively. Now you're, it's real like, you know. I've uh, gotten a lot of stamps of approvals on the, this uh, ma- uh, mustache. It's here. almost kind of Hulk Hogan-ish. You're on your <laughs> way. So I could see some Hollywood Hogan happening here in a bit. I like it. Keep it up. Uh, we also got this text, 503-250-1080 is the text line, by the way, if you'd like to reach the show, and that's where you can send your fantasy football questions. Uh, Sunday night football is a huge advantage because they can flex games in. Monday night has to pick the schedule before the season. That is true. That is a cool thing about Sunday night is the last four or five weeks, they're all flex games. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, they get the priority and they steal them for everybody else. So like, no, 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 no. I take this game. I am the captain now. And they get to get the best game that's probably airing at 10 a.m. or 1.30 or something on one of the networks. Everything about Monday Night Football sucked. 
like up up recently, like everything about it has been the terrible. broadcast, the broadcast has been pre-game. terrible, Booger's been terrible, the pregame has been terrible, the game has been terrible. Like there's been no good reason to watch Monday Night Football. They got to figure that out because I remember a point where Monday Night Football was one of the highlights of the football week. Well, there's so, a great reason to watch Monday Night Football this week. There you go. That's one. Uh, last week, I think, was a good game, right? If I remember correctly. Uh, Raiders-Saints? Yeah, it was a pretty solid matchup. Saints got got killed in the upset. Week one, you had two Titans-Broncos mm-hmm. doing it for yeah, you? I mean, huh? no, not huh? really. Oh, Steelers-Giants? <laughs> With, like, the five missed field really. goals from the Titans? Yes. No, but you're right. I mean, I, I think any of the primetime games should be great matchups. I understand why they do Thursday Night Football the way they do, because... They want to give a spotlight to every team. Every team is required to play one Thursday game, which is why you get a lot of the bad matchups. Like you get, even though it was a good matchup on paper this week, Jaguars, Dolphins, you're like, oh God, (laughs) that's a matchup we're getting. But every team needs to play once on Thursday. So that's why you'll get a lot of those. You know, Bengals, Browns was a good game, but you're like, oh, I don't want to watch Bengals, Browns. I think though, Thursday night two, just put up the best games in primetime. Like, I don't understand why not. If you want the most eyeballs, like put that best game on Thursday, Sunday, Monday night. Yeah, just do it. I mean, that's 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 what I would figure out. I would think those the three primetime games that you know people are really gonna it's gonna draw eyeballs. You would think that you would put your your best mashups up there, but that hasn't happened. You know, recently up until uh, I know you said that first game, but this is gonna be really the the biggest game that Monday Night Football probably has all year. All right, so coming up on the show today, we do have the Fantasy Scramble, like I mentioned. We'll have Hate It or Love It at 10.30. We'll be thoroughly distracted, I'm sure, once 10 o'clock hits because Red Zone will be on the TV. And uh, I also want to talk about the Pac-12 deciding to come back. They made the announcement officially on Thursday that they will return to play November 6th, first game back, seven-game regular season with a championship game at the end. They're going to try and time themselves up with the college football playoff committee and see if they can't get themselves into the playoff with a good team. So I want to talk about that. We got fantasy. We got hater to love it. I do want to talk about the good matchups this week. I think Seahawks Cowboys is fascinating. I really do. Um, Russell Wilson leading the way in the MVP charge right now, but uh, my favorite quarterback to hate Josh Allen is right behind him. So we can talk about that as well. So that's all coming up on the show today. Again, 503-250-1080 is the fan text line and you can find us on social media. I'm at Mike Lynch 27 on Twitter. Uh, Rashad's at TaylorMade503, Joe is at JoeFish3, F-I-S-C-H, and the station is at 1080 The Fan. But coming up next, let's do a brief bit uh, segment on the Pac-12 officially deciding to return before we get to Fantasy Scramble. This is Football Sunday on The Fan. Weekends were made for sports. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. I know this song, Joe. The reason I know this song is very typical of me. Uh, It's on the MLB The Show 19 soundtrack. Ah, there you go. So video game soundtracks are dope. They usually are, especially the sports game soundtracks. They tend to be pretty good. 2K usually kills it every every year. Uh, Yeah, so like one of my favorite songs I listen to all the time now happens to be from 2K20. It's called I'm Dope by the rapper called Toby, who's super, super fresh, if you cool. haven't heard of him. Yeah, uh, yeah. I had a couple songs from FIFA a couple years ago that I threw on my playlist that were just super good. Yeah, when you play 163 games full 
on MLB The Show 19. You get to know the songs. You get to know well. the songs pretty well. Yeah, when you play a full season in 2K, you know, or something like that, which is a you tend to know all the songs. Madden, you know, yeah. a bunch of those songs are irritating, though. But, uh, yeah. Have you, uh, As you give a lot of positive love to game soundtracks, except for you, Madden, you jerk. You know, I mean, you, Madden, usually it's pretty good. Like, I like the old Madden, but the college football uh, 2006 probably had, uh, or maybe 04, uh, had one of the best soundtracks ever, though, too. I popped in uh, Madden 2004 in the old PlayStation the other day. Heard You Ain't Never Scared. Ah. Uh, mm. Classic. So I'm outside. Uh, that was a great record. That was a great oh, song. Man. That was a great. Uh, so, are are you getting the next gen system? Which one are you getting? I haven't decided yet. Um, I mean, knowing me, I probably will wind up with both at some point. But I right now, I'm just gonna kind of wait and see because I still have all the current stuff. So I'm gonna see what gets better reviews, what has better games. I think the Xbox Two also is going to be connected to PC gaming and all the games you have on there can be played on a PC, which I have. So I might not get an Xbox and just use my PC to play Xbox games. So that's another thought as well. I haven't really decided yet. Yeah, I'm still in a conundrum as far as which one I want to go with. Plus, you know, kind of want to get some new golf irons too. You know, uh, I don't have to worry about that as a purchase. <laughs> Wayne, no. Wayne, my options here. Yeah, that won't be. I'll probably end up getting the Xbox. I'm just an Xbox guy. Like, I mean... PlayStation is awesome, you know. Like I love the the game is the or, or the show, excuse me, is the one game that I was like, man, I I love that game. It's like, great. It's, it's an awesome game, yeah. you know. I mean, but you don't even me, like baseball. It's a great game. No, but I'll, I'll I'll get lost in playing the show. Like it's it's one of this that is that good of a of a simulation game. But um, yeah, I just for for the most part, I've just kind of always have liked. I got big hands, so I just need the bigger controller. <laughs> Remember the original Xbox controller? Oh, my gosh. It was gigantic. <laughs> Absolutely. But, again, I had pretty big hands, so it made it look kind of normal Yeah, it always, it always fit for me. Yeah. And everyone was like, how do you reach all the buttons on this? I'm yeah. like, I don't know. I mean, I don't even have that big of hands. I just am a bigger dude, so it worked little, out. You guys got these little baby hands. That's why we like playing PlayStation. <laughs> I get it. It was called, I think the classic controller was called the Duke <laughs> that was, was what the nickname for it was because it was so big and it was like ginormous man. stupid and then they came out with the smaller one and everyone was like oh okay good 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 um all right so the pac-12 finally made their decision to return to the football field and the basketball courts that'll be around thanksgiving by the way but uh football wise they're going to be starting november 6 there's going to be a title game uh they're going to have a seven week season and i believe the seventh week is going to be the week of the title game and then each division, like 2v2 will play each other, 3v3 will play each other, 4v4 will play each other. Uh, they haven't released the schedule yet. They haven't kind of done any of that stuff yet. But after the Big Ten came back, we talked about this last week. I wasn't sure if it would be the right decision for the Pac-12 to follow suit, but we kind of figured they would. And they did. They had daily testing. Um, their local cities and counties and states were mostly, looking at you, Colorado, willing to allow players to practice and give them exemptions. Uh, the reason I say that, I don't know if you saw that uh, or if any listeners saw it, but Boulder, the city, is not allowing any gatherings of college-age students, which would include football things. So there's a little something going on there. Boulder. Huh? Good for Boulder. Yeah, it's, yeah. So pac is back, and I'm excited about it because it's Pac-12 football, right? Like starting in a couple of months, it'll be – It'll be Saturdays, and you can watch the Ducks and the Beavs and Wazoo and UW and watch them play, and that's great, right? Because so far I have not been exactly 
interested in watching college football without the main big games and the Pac-12 playing. I've been very much like, eh, well, we'll see what happens. So I'll be excited about it coming back, but I still am not fully sure that it's the right decision. I still feel like it's, it's, they got pressured by the Big Ten because now the Pac-12 was the only conference not playing. Um, and by the way, every other conference that decided not to play has decided to play. Mountain West, they're playing. Mac is playing. So they're all looking and going, we're the ones left out here. We're going to lose a chunk of the pie. We're not going to get the national attention, blah, 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 blah. So they 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 faced the pressure of it, and they, and they folded. And maybe it'll work out just fine, right? Maybe nothing bad will happen. Maybe there'll be no deaths. Maybe there'll be no COVID cases because they have the daily testing, and they could really, really, you know, clamp down on it. But I'm just not sold that it's the right decision because we still have three, four, five games postponed every weekend because of COVID. So, okay, you've got better testing. Okay, everybody else is doing it. Is it the smart decision? I don't know. I don't think so. I haven't seen anything in the news, and maybe I'm wrong, uh, that says that COVID cases are going down. Are they? I don't know. I'm asking. I, I, I seen, don't think so. I, I think if you anything, saw, I haven't read anything that said that. Uh, here's good news. No, they're less cases. No, they're like, going up. So okay, uh, Oregon on Friday had 450, which is the record. The, yeah, which is a record. And mind you, when was the last time that we really re- remember? We used to start the show, and we started with COVID for like 40 minutes, just about COVID-related everything. It's because there was you not know, much else to talk there wasn't about. Much else to talk about. <laughs> but you know, now that there are things to talk about, and there is sports and. You've seen the success that the NBA has had, and you've seen some of the, the success that uh, hockey has had, and all of a sudden you're like, okay, well, football needs to get back in this mix. It's just, it's just different, you know. And luckily in the NFL, we haven't seen many positive cases that we know of. But I mean, just as sure as there's a false negative or a false positive, could there be a false negative as well? Probably. So I mean, the, so more than likely somebody is going to wind up with it. Now you're talking college kids where if you tell them to stay in their dorms or tell them to stay wherever they're staying and, you know, stay in their rooms, more than likely that's not going to happen. There's going to be some fraternizing. There's going to be some kicking it. That's just what, when you're a college kid, and especially as a, a football player, and there, there's nobody else on campus but you, yeah, you got, they're going to kick it. So it's more than likely going to happen. Like you mentioned, there's been about five or six games that were postponed uh, just this past weekend. Like, so um, – I'm not sure what the Pac-12 has to – obviously, we know what they have to gain, money. You know what they have to lose, money. So that's why they've decided to to hop back in the mix. Like, I really wish there was one of the of the conferences that would just, you know, kind of stand up and be like, yeah, we're not going to do this. For, like, for the sake of our students, for the sake of our families, we're not going to do this. But And I thought the Pac-12 would be that. You've got schools like Stanford and Cal who are, you know, really big institutions of higher learning. Yeah. And, you know, the Pac-12 has always held up the education as the the forefront of the conference Mm -hmm. and, you know, USC, UCLA, all these good schools. And I really thought they might be the ones to say, look, like, yes, there's pressure, but we got to we got to stand up and make a stand against this right now because we don't think what the other conferences are doing is right. Um, I think the problem is mostly is, yes, I know there's been games canceled every week. How many big games have been canceled every week? Maybe one total. The Notre Dame game was postponed because Notre Dame had positive tests. We've been seeing the Sun Belt. We've been seeing Conference USA have canceled games. I mean, I guess Baylor, Big 12 has had some canceled. I mean, Houston hasn't played game yet. They've had like five games canceled, but that's Conference USA, right? 
so our American Athletic Conference. Um, it's the secondary conferences that are having issues because I'm assuming they have less money and less tests. So maybe the Pac-12 is saying, look, ACC's been playing and has had one school affected. SEC's just begun, so we'll see how that affects uh, the conference because they just started yesterday. By the way, uh, KJ Costello for Mississippi State, Mike yeah. Leach's new team threw for over 600 yards, yeah. an SEC record in his first game. Mike Leach's first game in the SEC beat sixth-ranked LSU and had 600-yard passer. How about that? That's awesome. Go, Mike Leach. That's awesome. Um, but we'll see what the SEC has with their COVID stuff. And I think they're just looking at it and saying, we have daily testing. So we have way more of an ability, and the Big Ten's going to as well. We have way more of an ability to contact trace and stamp this out. You know, because the NFL right now has daily testing, yes. right? And there was a player on the on the Falcons today who tested positive, or yesterday, who tested positive. Cornerback, I forget his name. And they were able to do contact tracing and determine that because they all got tested within 24 hours, in that time period, he hadn't been close enough to anybody for to transmit it. Mm-hmm. That's huge. Yeah. That's great. So if the Pac-12 and the Big Ten can have that, because I know, by the way, the SEC and ACC are not doing daily testing. Big 12 isn't either. Um, Shocked. Right. That'll be huge in helping stop the spread of it. We still don't have a full understanding of how it spreads on the football field because it's been just too small of a sample size. Um, but, I mean, maybe it'll work. And we can all eat crow and we could just say, look, we, we, we didn't think they had the capability to do it, and they did it. And we got to watch Pac-12 football, and that was great. And maybe... You know, the best team in the Pac-12 makes a college football playoff, and we get to root for that team, and it's great. But I still just have my reservations. No, I, I think there's always going to be those reservations that are going to be there. Even with the NFL, we're constantly looking to see who has it, who contracted it, who's passing it from from uh, teammate to teammate to coach to whatever the case is. So um, I think we're all hoping for the best. Like, I mean, I don't want this to sound all doom and gloom. Like, we're all saying, like, everybody's going to get sick and die. That's not what... I'm saying at least, you know, what I'm saying is it's it's we are still with the NFL and um, basketball and baseball like these are still professionals. These are adults in most cases, uh, with the exception of a few rookies that are, you know, 19 and 20 or whatever the case is. Like for the most part, these are still adults, you know, or just, and so in college, we're talking about kids. We're talking about the livelihood of amateurs that amateurs that aren't being paid, you know, so let's just put that out there. Yes, they get a degree you know in in some cases but what does that degree really get you anymore in these days and let's go ahead and just be 100 percent honest about that unless you go to cal ucla usc or stanford like you know it's just or, or you have an engineering degree from oregon state like that looks great but for the most part like these degrees they're, they they mean a lot, but they don't mean as much as they used to mean, say, 15 years ago or something like that. So you still got to think about the well-being of these of these students. Um, but a, a football's back. Yes, that's good, because I'll be honest. I, and like we talked about this last week, I wasn't watching college football if the Pac-12 wasn't involved, if Oregon and Oregon State weren't going to be playing, because those are the teams that I'm paying attention to. I went to UNLV. I'm not, I'm not watching Rebel football for what? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you know why? Like, maybe when basketball season starts. And to be fair, I haven't been watching Syracuse football either. Yeah, for even what? Even though they've been you back. You know, for what? And, and, well, they won yesterday, so um, that's, that's a positive. Well, good for good They're for one the and orange. two now. Yeah. Let's go. Well, Rashad, you should watch UNLV football because there is now that Oregon connection with Marcus Arroyo. Absolutely. Marcus Arroyo. Uh, yes, there. you want to love the old is. OC that yes, we all hated. Yeah, that, you, that you hated. I didn't hate Marcus Arroyo. He had the, he had the Ducks in 
Uh, they, they were the best scoring team in the Pac-12 when yeah, he was he just, was, just he saying. He was terrible. Okay, well, number one doesn't. I mean, the number one is terrible. Go Rebs. I wonder what the, the 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 second best is doing right now. Just saying. Is that a Las Vegas accent, Joe? <laughs> like, maybe no. the outskirts of the Strip. Uh, yeah, I don't think there's a, a Vegas accent. Yeah, Mobster is the Vegas. Too accent. much of a a transplant city at this point. Yeah. Oh yeah, man. Every nobody, very few people are from Vegas in vegas like i mean but then you will once you venture out outside of the strip there's like a whole city there bro yeah like, no. i mean there's schools and there's, <laughs> and there's like suburbs oh and man it's 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 a whole place there's different now. towns that consider themselves vegas suburbs too it's not just in vegas i don't no, believe no, no. you no <laughs> right i don't my favorite place in vegas is uh there is um henderson nevada which is has my favorite that's a burb right it's a burb you know what i'm saying and that has a green valley uh ranch where I think it's like a this the I think that's the name Green Valley, but it's a casino. It's Bunny gorgeous Ranch? outside. Well, no, uh, Bunny Ranch is a little further away. <laughs> is it uh, though? I, it, it's a little further away. Um, I thought that'd be somewhat close to Vegas, considering it's you know it's it's not far, Las but Vegas. it's close. It's it's not as close as like where uh, Henderson and Summerlin, but it's 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 near. So if you want to drive to the Bunny Ranch, you could. I don't know if is that even still a thing. I'm sure oh, it is. Oh, I don't know. I'm Do sure they care is. about COVID at the Bunny Ranch? Probably not. Not really. Not really. I mean, the they're like, probably, COVID's the least thing, least of what you should worry about when you go have to the Bunny Ranch. Well, the ladies probably have on mask. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Google Maps, open 24 hours. Here we go. <laughs> See? Does it say dining and takeout underneath X or check mark like it does for all the restaurants right now? Uh, nothing on that. Uh, okay. I don't think you uh, want to eat anything there. No. Just saying. Well, I don't know. At I, all. If I believed uh, Lou Williams, I'd want to get wings at that place in Atlanta. Oh, no, no. Atlanta strip clubs are much different. You definitely want to eat there. <laughs> no, I'm just being real. Like, you want to eat and you want to eat. I oh, see man. Hey, saying. listen, man. Atlanta strip clubs, you can get a steak, like a, like a you know, 12-ounce steak, a lobster, some shrimp, and everything for like... And a lady. For, for like 12 bucks, bro. Like you and a lady for 12 and a lady, bucks. You know what I'm saying? And a lady. Well, that'll cost you a little more. Maybe 22 now. Because you got to pay for the, <laughs> right, for right, the dance. Right. But yes, you want... If you go to Atlanta, fellas, if you're listening, or ladies, if you're interested... Uh, if you go to Atlanta, you absolutely want to go to the strip club and you absolutely want to order whatever food is there. All right, let's take a break. Coming up next, it's time for Fantasy Scramble. If you have any fantasy start sick questions before week three, text them in to the fan text line 503-250-1080. We'll get to them next with Jesse Osmond. But first, Joe has sports. Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. All right, 9.35 here on your Sunday morning. It is time for Fantasy Scramble. We bring on our friend, Jesse Osmond. Hi, Jesse. Hey, great to be back. My All God. right. So I feel like last week, if I remember correctly, I, I was looking through. I don't think our suggestions hit too well for our listeners last week. I'm having a really hard time gauging this NFL season so far this year. It's been giving me a lot of issues engaging what players are going to be good, what players are going to have uh, good weeks, week to week. I'm having a tough time, and uh, hopefully we can uh, right the ship this week. So the first question we got in, again, text your fantasy starts to questions to the fan text line, 503-250-1080. Uh, my wife and I have a team together. Currently have Emmanuel Sanders starting in the flex. Do we put in Keel Harry or Marquez Valdez scantling in over Sanders? Uh, yes, I would. Um, Devontae Adams is doubtful. It's a game time decision. It's Sunday night football, which is brutal. 
if you're hoping beyond hope that he's going to play. Uh, I saw a report that there, he really wants to play, but he's doubtful. So that's that's I'm going to take the doubtful stance more than what he really wants. Um, so I would actually put Valdez Scantling in over Emmanuel Sanders here. Sanders has not looked like he's part of the offense in the Saints early. Um, they said he's going to get the ball more, but you know, actions are a little bit different than what the coaches are going to say at this point. So I'm going to say Valdez Scantling would be who I would choose. Um, it's, it's such a short, you know, we, we're only two weeks into the season. So Emmanuel Sanders can still have a, a huge impact on the saints offense. And if it's scary, if he does actually get the ball rolling for the saints, um, I think this could be uh, good for him. So I, I'm thinking I'm going to go Emmanuel Sanders. Um, you know, I'm sitting here in my Super Bowl 50 Denver Broncos Emmanuel Sanders jersey, and uh, unfortunately, I can't. <laughs> right, I, I can't endorse them today. Um, I, I, it's one of those things where you know what? Honestly, I'm I'm going to say this, and because I said this multiple times last week, I saw it with uh, Hayden Hurst, and um, I saw it with uh, Leonard Fournette last week with with those big games. Um, but I still I haven't seen anything from Emmanuel Sanders and. And part of that, too, is Drew Brees doesn't look like Drew Brees this year. Those accurate throws, not quite as accurate. The timing, not quite there. Definitely um, with Sanders as well with that that shortened preseason or lack of preseason. So um, I I think I'm going to go with Marcus Valdez-Scantling for the same reasons as Mike. I think you nailed it. I I think that they're going to lean on, obviously, Lazard and MBS and He's the he's the deep ball threat, and I could definitely see Aaron Rodgers hot, making a couple uh, big connections with uh, Marquez Valdez Scantling as long as he can hold on to the ball. Is uh, um, geez, I'm I'm spacing right now. Uh, Michael uh, Thomas Thomas is he playing today? No, he's out. Okay, Julio so, Jones is also out. Yeah, so I mean, I think that could. Uh, think about up. that Michael Thomas Julio Jones and likely Devonte Adams all out in the same week yeah so I think that could... thank god I drafted DeAndre Hopkins and there you go so, okay <laughs> I just had to ask because I wasn't sure so anybody that does have Emmanuel Sanders keep all that right in mind. uh Kenny Galladay coming back from injury or Russell Gage with no Julio Jones at the flex this is tough because I think generally I always go with the better player right Kenny Galladay is a better player than Russell Gage um but I trust the Atlanta offense throwing the ball a ton way more gauges numbers for the first two weeks have been great in terms of his targets uh being a number three receiver on a team like the, the falcons doesn't really matter you're just getting targets and catches constantly um so I, i'm kind of leaning gauge here just because of the matchup this week and because of julio being out he'll get even more of the target share but generally i would pick the better receiver in galladay but uh, i'm gonna go gauge on this one i'm actually gonna go gauge as well uh galladay is coming into today's game is questionable so you know he might be dealing with a little bit of an injury. So not saying that that's going to have a whole, whole lot to do with it, but that could slow him down a little bit. So because of that, I'm probably going to take Russell Gage. Yeah. I'm always curious seeing a player coming back from a, from an injury. He hadn't played the first two weeks and he's, you know, obviously I think they took a more cautious approach, but he's still been log full practices all week. I think he had a couple limited. I think he got a, a full practice on Friday and you're looking at a guy that, is probably ready to go full, but I I want to see it. It's one of those things. I, I need to see it before, um, it, before I'm ready to deploy him. At this, at the same time, it's it's Kenny Galladay. He's one of those guys that they need him. I don't know if you guys noticed um, who they've been throwing the ball to in Detroit, but it's like a fifth round round rookie out of um, Wisconsin, Quentin something or other. Um, can't remember his name, uh, but 
he's been getting like 10, 11, five, six targets. Uh, I think he got 11 targets the first week. He got like six targets last week. So, I mean, that's going to be the Kenny Galladay role. And I wouldn't expect him to get less than eight or 10 targets. So kind of being wishy-washy on this answer, I think I'm going to settle on Kenny Galladay because he's the better player. Uh, David Johnson or David Montgomery at the running back position. This one's tough. So David Johnson had a really good first week. He had a really bad second week. Uh, but Duke Johnson is out today for the Texans, so their backup is not there. David Montgomery had a fine first week and a really good second week. He averaged over five yards a carry and I think just under five in week one. He actually had three catches last week as well. Um, I don't like either of these receivers at all or running backs at all. I avoided them both like the plague in the draft. But right now, because of his usage and because of the way the Bears are using him, I'm going to pick uh, David Montgomery. Uh, yeah, I'm going to take uh, David Montgomery as well. He's just looked better than David Johnson over the past uh, two weeks. Um, Montgomery doesn't have a score. Johnson does, but he does have more yards uh, and a few more attempts. So it looks like the the Bears trust him a little more. So I'm going to go Montgomery. This is one where I like Johnson over Montgomery talent-wise. Obviously, I, I think, I think um, Johnson's the better player. But the problem is you're looking at um, – a guy that's got a really bad matchup against Pittsburgh. That that front seven is one of the best, if not the seven, and uh, if not the best in the NFL. Um, and you know, I'm not scared of Atlanta. And so, in that case, I'm going to probably shy away from the better talent, and um, I'm I'm going to go with the guy who's got the better matchup, a way better matchup than David Montgomery, and he has looked much better. This is the guy that I think everybody was hoping for last year when they were drafting him in the fourth fifth round um that you're going to get this guy and so whoever got him this year i think you got a, a good draft day discount on a guy who's probably going to end up being like a lower end rb2 uh let's go a little bit rapid fire here we got uh, cam newton or dak prescott that's an incredibly tough decision to make they're both really good they both get rushing touchdowns um cam newton's matchup is a little bit better because he's playing vegas but the Seahawks defense has been a sieve so far so it's not like dak prescott has a bad bad matchup either i'm going to go dak just because i think he's better um but that i don't think you can go wrong with either one there you, you're probably going to get 20 plus points from either quarterback you said Dak. i'm going cam newton easy moving on all right i think this is going to come down to what i like is is the game flows of these two teams you're looking at a, a team in new england that's probably going to run the ball um they're Obviously, John Gruden likes to run the ball. I think that's going to make the clock run a little bit. It's going to be a little bit of a shorter game than normal. Probably won't get as much passing in this game. On the other hand, Dak Prescott's constantly in these shootouts from that terrible defense. I think I'm just going to have to go with the guy who's just, I think, going to have to sling it to win it. So that's Dak Prescott? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, we got a choice and flex here between Odo Beckham Jr., Keenan Allen, and DJ Moore. He's, he's, he's starting CeeDee Lamb and Hollywood Brown, uh, but this, those are his flex decisions. Um, I'm going to say I'm, if, that's, if that's your choice, I'm going to pick Beckham because last week he looked much better in the Browns offense, and they're playing Washington. Keenan Allen has Justin Herbert throwing to him, rookie quarterback, second start. We don't know what connections he has with what receivers yet. And uh, I think DJ Moore has been dealing with a little bit of an injury anyway. So I'm going to go OBJ if that's uh, what you're forcing me to pick between. It's crazy that, you know, you have to be forced to pick Odell Beckham Jr., but I'm absolutely going number 13. Um, I'm going to be the odd man out here. Um, like, I think we saw more of what that Cleveland offense is under Steve Stefanski, and he likes to run the ball, and he likes to run the ball a lot. And that meant 
less targets. And I don't think that Cleveland's going to be playing behind against Washington. I think they're going to be running the ball, which is obviously a big day for Chubb, a big day for Hunt, and possibly Landry or, or Odell Beckham. And that, that, to me, that's what my problem is with these guys. You're, you're doing one or the other is having a good day. On the other hand, Keenan Allen, I saw what I wanted to see. Um, Justin Herbert was really leaning on him last week. Where weeks week one, you saw Tyrod Taylor going to Williams. He was doing because he likes to go down downfield. Keenan Allen, all those close to the line of scrimmage routes that he runs, uh, is going to be perfect for Justin Herbert. I think he's going to be great, especially in PPR. Uh, choose two out of these three running backs, Derrick Henry, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, or Kareem Hunt. Uh, I think I'm going to go Derrick Henry and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire there. Kareem Hunt had a great game last week, but still has to split carries with Nick Chubb, whereas the other two guys are the clear number ones and uh, are in good offenses. And I know Henry hasn't looked exactly the same this year, but he's still getting like 28 carries a game. So I'm going to go Henry and Edwards-Hilaire. Uh, Henry and Edwards. I'm also going to go Henry and Edwards. I'm going to watch um, what happens in that Titans backfield. They they did bring um, Darrington Evans up for um, for week three. He's going to make his debut. He is kind of a flashy guy that they're kind of – I think they might try to go a little bit of thunder and lightning, but obviously that won't eat in too much into um, Henry's workload. But I they might, you know, knock him down to 22 carries a game or something um, a little bit more realistic for a running back. But um, – I'm going to go with him hunt just so many of his yards have to either come from like all all that last week came from that fourth quarter drive where they sealed it away. um, Or it's got to be playing from behind. And I don't know if you get either one of those against Washington. So I think I just want to roll a chub. I mean, and, and and leave hunt on the leave hunt on the, uh, the bench day got a couple more then we got to get going uh need to start one at the flex stefan Diggs, john brown jarvis landry or sony michelle uh, that's easy for me it's stefan Diggs. john brown's actually a great player to have he's a really good consistent like five six catch a game receiver but i mean Diggs is the star here i'm going Diggs. yeah stefan Diggs is clearly the star here uh St- stefan Diggs. you know john brown's been great um Diggs is the clear number one i think both of these guys though are i mean you have a well number one number two receiver right there um but i'm gonna go i'm gonna go Stephen Diggs. i like i like him a lot half point ppr need to pick two out of three for running back two and flex mike davis uh mark ingram or c d lamb so I'm going to pick Mike Davis because he is going to be the number one there, and he is a good pass catcher, which is important in the Panthers' offense and important in a half-point PPR. So that leaves you with Mark Ingram or CeeDee Lamb to put in your flex. Um, Ingram had a great game last week because of touchdowns, but he still isn't really involved in the offense at a level that you can fully trust in fantasy. It just totally depends on the game week to week. Uh, We talked down about Mark Ingram last week, and then he wound up getting a good amount of points. CeeDee Lamb has 11 catches in his first two games. He has 15 targets in his first two games, which is really good. Um, he has no touchdowns yet. So it's he's kind of like you're kind of learning that he's part of the offense, but they still have a lot of other options there. I think I'm going to go Mark Ingram as the flex, but just because I, I think I understand him more than I understand CeeDee Lamb at this point. So I'll go with Mike Davis and Mark Ingram. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Mark Ingram. <sighs> yeah, I'm going to go. We got to go uh, rapid fire. So I'm going to go Mark Davis, Mike Davis as well. Um, you're going, um, with a guy and Mike Davis, he had what eight catches in the fourth quarter after, um, Christian McCaffrey went down half point PPR. That's the guy you can't go away from. Now I know Mark Ingram had the big day last week, but if you really want to dive into it, 
Um, the, the, the touches last week, I believe it was um, eight touches for him, eight, nine touches for him. So he got nine touches. That's something I'm really staying away from. C.D. Lamb is quickly turning into the number one there in Dallas. Um, and obviously Dak is leaning on him and sending a lot of targets his way. I'm going to go with Lamb. All right, last one here. Uh, pick three, D.K. Metcalf, Julian Edelman, Will Fuller, and Robert Woods. I'm going Metcalf, Edelman, and Fuller. Uh, Metcalf, Edelman. Robert Woods do to have a good job, a good game at some point. Um, Fuller. Um, Metcalf, Edelman. Um, you know what? I don't know what's going on with Fuller. I just – I. No targets last week, but he didn't have an injury designation this week. He was going in and out with that hamstring issue. This is a guy that's like, I'm just going to go back with my normal issue. If you think you really need the the home run, I'm going to go with Will Fuller. If you think you need somebody who's going to be like, is going to give you, you know, minimum like eight, 10 points, I'm going to go with Robert Woods. Also, the guy asked Noah Fant or Zach Ertz, uh, start Noah Fant, please. I think we all agree, yes. All right, Jesse, we'll, uh, we're off next week, but we'll talk to you in two weeks. Thanks for hopping on and helping today. Appreciate it. My man. Thank you, guys. Look forward to it. All right, everybody, good luck in your, fan- good luck in your fantasy uh, leagues this week. And uh, hopefully, if you, uh, if you have any questions and you want to ask us uh, next week when we're off, you can send them to our Twitters. I'm at Mike Lynch 27 Rashad's at TaylorMade503. Jesse is at Jesse Osmond on Twitter, A-S-Z-M-A-N. I'm just not sure how often he checks it. So um, if you send him a question, maybe he'll answer you. Uh, if we missed your question this week, apologies. We just got to the end of the clock here, and uh, we'll get to your questions next time. Uh, coming up next, we got 10 minutes to start a game time. Let's go. This is Football Sunday on The Fan. Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. All right, 9.54 here on your Sunday morning. Football Sunday, Mike, Rashad, and Joe with you. Red Zone begins in six minutes, or the games begin in six minutes. But for us, Red Zone begins, and we will be thoroughly distracted in hour two. But in hour two, we'll have our hater to love it at 10.30. We'll talk some uh, Cowboy Seahawks, which is a huge game right here on The Fan today. And also tie that into a little bit of uh, early MVP discussion because... Uh, Russell Wilson's playing like one, but so is another quarterback who I love to hate and uh, is starting to make me eat some crow this year, and that's Josh Allen. <laughs> so uh, so that is coming up next hour, but I just wanted to take another look at the schedule because we started talking about this, and then we stopped because, well, um, we got caught up in Monday Night Football talk, but we got Chiefs-Ravens, we got Packers-Saints, we got Cowboys-Seahawks, you've got, um, you've got uh, where is it? Rams bills is a great game as well this week. You've got a lot of really interesting games this week to watch. It's, it's nice when they all just kind of hit at once. Cause we get occasionally you'll get those dead weeks and like betting and fantasy football keeps you interested in it. But you get a week where there's like one really interesting matchup this week. I want to watch Rams bills. I want to watch Raiders Patriots. I want to see if Cam Newton can keep firing in all cylinders. I want to, and obviously the other games I mentioned are huge. It's, it's a really good week of NFL football. I'm really excited. No, this is this is a great week for NFL football. One game that I think I don't know you you've mentioned, but I don't think we've paid enough attention to is uh, that Green Bay Saints game. Uh, that's going to be a good game. And one guy we're not talking enough about that we should be talking about, and I don't give a damn that he's getting old, is Aaron Rodgers. Like Aaron Rodgers through two games has been phenomenal. You know what I'm saying? Eight touchdowns. He's uh, got six uh, touch or excuse me, six touchdowns. Uh, Sixth, eighth in passing yards so far. Mind you, we're only two games in. 
he's put up 40 in two consecutive weeks. Like, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing that Green Bay um, New Orleans game. That should be a good one. And just a game between two zero and two teams. I'm looking at that Ingle, uh, Eagles Bengals game. Bengals, obviously, Joe Burrow has looked not not too bad to start the season, and the Eagles, Carson Wentz especially, has looked terrible, and that could be some trouble for Philly if they fall to the B, uh, the Bengals, who are zero to with a rookie quarterback. That could be, I mean. Non-existent Philly fans were already booing Carson Wentz mm-hmm. last week. It could get really ugly for the Eagles this week if they fall to them. It's tough because it's hard to me to blame Carson Wentz because their offensive line is just so bad. He's always getting hit. He's always getting chased around. His his receivers are hurt. I mean, they're just bad. I think the Eagles right now are just a bad football team, which is weird to say because you think they're good. For some reason, we all think they're oh the Eagles they'll finish they nine won and a seven. Super Bowl three years ago. Yeah. So, yeah. They're gonna, they'll finish nine and seven and compete in the NFC what, or NFC East. And no, I don't think they're very good. <laughs> the Eagles were, you know, they went all in for that championship that they got. You know, the, a bunch of one year guys come to try to, you know, make something happen for that year. And it, it worked out. They came in. They had a, a the perfect storm. The the backup quarterback that came in and, and uh, took over and took his team all the way to the Super Bowl. Like that was a magical time. They're going to make a movie about that Eagles team one day just because of everything that that kind of um went into that but yeah you're right joe this could be super important for them another team that really needs a win today against a quality team man the houston texans they can't go zero and three that's a rough start like, to a season that's uh, seriously like i mean how do you now we've seen teams start the season go zero and four and then pick it up and even make the playoffs in some cases like we've we've seen that it doesn't happen often and actually uh, the most recent team that started 0-3 and then rattled off, I think, 8-9 in a row was the Houston Texans just go. a couple seasons and ago. And so, so. Here, here it is that the Texans and Deshaun Watson, who just got this huge contract, they're looking at an 0-3 hole to start the season, and that could be hard to rebound from. And Pittsburgh is playing as well um, as anybody else right now. Obviously, uh, 2-0 right now. Two teams that they played, maybe not quality teams but hell it's two wins and so that's how you want to start your season so this game i think is really really big for the texans but how do you if you're the general manager how do you fire yourself oh <laughs> uh, you don't you know like how do you fire yourself bob is bob is there right now and nobody wants him there but he's there yeah and he's going to keep trading for david johnson and sending away deandre hopkins he's going to keep doing it over and over again how good is i'm also another man arizona detroit i think it's another one of those games that again People aren't going to focus on Arizona. Well, I, I want to watch Arizona. I don't care about Detroit. Oh, no. I mean, of course. Arizona's fun. Arizona is a lot of fun to watch, man. And and Kyler Murray, I, I, I guess he's a pretty good football player, right? I would say I, so. I guess he's a pretty good thrower of the football and mover with the – he had a move the other day. Imagine if he had chosen <laughs> baseball. <laughs> oh, man. And, just, um, and I think about that. Imagine how good he would be if he actually chose baseball because they continue to say that he's a better baseball player than he is football player, and that's – crazy to me because playing quarterback in the nfl you're in your second year so far you're making it look relatively easy for you so if you're better at baseball then i'd love to see it uh the other zero and two team or two of them i'm interested in are their vikings and falcons falcons play the two and oh bears bears have beaten two bad teams um and haven't looked particularly great in the process they probably should have lost both games to be honest with you falcons have looked pretty bad and uh you know julio jones they probably win the game last week if he doesn't drop that open pass at the end on the trick play. And the Vikings have just looked dreadful. You get rid of Stefan Diggs. Your defense has a, a, a pretty big exodus of players. 
and all of a sudden the offense is just stuck and is not good. I mean, they're not scoring points, they're not getting yards, and they're playing uh, the 2-0 and Titans who have looked fine enough. I mean, they've had some issues so far. I mean, the Broncos game was a little bit rough for them, but Tannehill's looked good. You still got Derrick Henry who hasn't hit full gear yet. I mean, I think the Falcons win today. I think the Vikings might be like the Eagles. They might just be bad and completely unexpectedly bad to me. Kirk Cousins is one of those guys that just kind of teeters on terrible, right? He's like right there. You know he's not awful, but you know he's not good either. So he's just like right there in the middle of he's he's Kirk Cousins. He's been bad. You know he's got uh, two hundred and three yard or excuse me, uh, three hundred and seventy two yards in two games, two touchdowns, four picks. That's not going to get it, Kirkers. Like nope. he's going to have to do. Do you like that? I don't like that. No, I don't. I like don't that like either. that at all, Kirkers. So you can keep that because we don't like it. We want something else. But no, you're right, man. Tennessee is one of those teams that, uh, again, we just don't see him. We didn't see him coming. Like last year, as a Patriots fan, I did not see them beating the Patriots in the playoffs. That was not supposed to happen. And so far, they just kind of picked up where they left off. They're running the ball, and then their quarterback doesn't Tannehill doesn't have to do a whole whole lot for his team to win the game. So. He's the ultimate game manager, and they have an opportunity to play three really bad teams in a row. Sorry, Lynch, but you know this this could be a uh, a, a good start for the season for the Tennessee Titans. All right, let's get uh, into hour two. We've got Seahawks Cowboys discussion coming up next here on Football Sunday on the Fan. Okay, picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 